Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I apologize that I haven't recorded for about four days. I was, well, no excuse, but I, I was trying to finish up my Bible school work and I was really behind. I just had to focus a lot on, on that. But anyways, I'm done for the semester and we're now in the countdown to Christmas. I'm winding down. I'm just taking things easy. I'm hoping that by God's grace, I should be able to record every day or at least every other day, if not till the end of the year. So, in fact, and this is just making me realize that it's time I start my end of year prayer, winding down, talking to the Lord about the next year. And this is something that I do judiciously, at least I try for a long time. I really try to do this judiciously every year. December is like a month of reflection. I just think about, I pray, you know, not any serious type of prayer but just inner reflection talking to the lord and then i write i begin to write what i believe you know is what i want for next year for my children for my my life my ministry and this year i think i'm going to add the nation to it as well because next year is going to be a very big year for us in nigeria very early next year and there's a lot that we need for god to do and um, now i realize why jesus says why Paul says in the book of Timothy that we should pray for our kings and all that are in authority, that we may live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. That's First Timothy 2 verse 4 because when we stopped praying as Christians over Nigeria, things took a turn for the worse in so many ways. I mean, it was multidimensional turmoil. You know, it was just coming at us in every way. It came in peace and security, it came socially, it came economically, it came concerning religion, concerning faith, so many things, you know, typically sometimes when we have, you know, one type of crisis, other types of crisis don't happen, even though sometimes they come together, but this time around it just, it was just in every way possible, and, you know, oppression against, um, against, uh, you know, against, um, how would I say, civic Oppression against people speaking out was just, you know, human rights violations, let's put it that way, was just really media suppression, oh wow, at its peak, all under a so-called, in quotes, democratic government. And um, now more than ever, ever, I realize that we as Nigerians, as Africans, we have to take our destiny into our own hands because what we see is that the world only cares about what it wants to care about and that all the things that concern them and that we're very large for us we are the last priority simply because we are yet to really understand our place our position and our value in the world and to stand up for it and they know that we're still having that crisis of identity and and positioning and so we are we are you know africa is remembered when they need something from us but other than that you know there's there's no reciprocal relationship there's no respect and um, that treatment filters out to all people of african descent wherever they may be around the world i know that as an african as someone from a country that is the most populous black african country in the world i know that a lot of the i i feel like a lot of the treatment that black people get all over the world is because of the fact that we as a people of my country we are yet to really understand a lot of things about why it is important for a nation to to work to stand up for itself to be able to feed its own people and to do right by its own 
because that earns it respect in nations around the world and i pray my honest prayer is that as a nation and as a people we get to that place where we really really understand this and i think that the church has a very strong role in helping us to find that place of understanding but unfortunately you know the church is just focused on other things and people we we have bought into that lie where people think that you can be so long as you're wealthy on your own it doesn't matter realizing that no true wealth is the wealth is 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 when you're able to how would i say create an environment that enables everyone to thrive at least the, the large number of people to thrive and when there's high income inequality and very high rates of poverty you are you are all you, are, you know if, if you come from a poor country you're poor regardless of how wealthy you are individually you can't extricate yourself from the what's going on in the larger space so it is in our collective interest to make sure that things work for the societies that we live in because whether we like it or not we are all connected somehow anyway so i think that really sets the ground for a lot of what i'm going to what i'm also want to reflect on um this morning um i was in concluding my bible program there was one of my theological courses where we had to talk about the biblical theology of work and i watched this video by michael lawrence which actually started off very promisingly and i liked i liked the way it was going but it didn't quite hit where i thought it would go but then all what it did for me was it made me think about something that I have I have always I have a theology around but I hadn't really rooted it in the Bible per se. So watching that video um made me now realize that okay this is actually good. I know that the Bible's you know I know I have a sense of what the Bible says about work and works. Maybe I should do a word study of work and works and see what the Bible says about what it means to to have good works because Right now, I'm in this phase whereby I realize that what is missing, what is lacking in my Christian work is a solid grounding for what it means to practice my faith. So, you know, what I have seen that I have been doing, and I think many of us have been doing based on the way we see Christianity moving, you know, in the modern world today, at least in my environment, and I think in many parts of the world as well, it's like we've just focused on solving our own problems and just being morally good. We're not really focused on that aspect of Christianity that says love your neighbor as yourself. So the same kind of benevolence that I am, you know, and self-care that I'm giving to myself in terms of taking care of my needs, making sure that my needs are met, I'm supposed to model that onto other people to make sure I support as many people as possible to have three meals or at least a meal a day. You know, it just says what I would do for myself or how I'd like other people to be treated. I model that to others at least within my power and I know I know that I'm not doing a lot about that because I think for many years the sort of doctrine or the theology and what was being what we were being raised in was so long as you pay your tithes you give your offerings to the church that's fine whether or not you do anything else in society doesn't matter but what I see in the Bible suggests something much bigger and wider than that I'm not saying do not pay your tithes do not pay your offerings but what God is anyway let's read the Bible and see what the Bible says I I, I do that but also realize that that is just that's not the whole picture at all and I have found out that 
I don't know, and I can't speak for anyone. Let me just speak for myself. I have found that in my own, in the society in which I find myself, I have found that I can't continue this Christianity without being more fruitful in terms of what is done in society for people around me because the problems, the economic and social problems are so many and I find that, I have found out that my own observation was that the church was so much involved in its own programs, it wasn't necessarily taking care of, you know, doing, I don't know, I just felt that I just, and I think the lockdown showed it a whole lot more because the church was just really involved in their programs, their own activities and all that, and there was this massive need, people were literally coming to our doorsteps and begging for food, you know what I'm saying, so I just realized that, If we keep waiting for institutions like governments, like even the church or media, other people to do this thing for us, we the citizens, particularly those of us who are, you know, the haves, will be overrun one day by the have-nots. So I just realized that all of us have to start doing our own (laughs) corporate social responsibility and not think that, oh, that whole time of, maybe there was a time, I think if you're living in an affluent country, you can afford to be saying, oh, I just pay my tithe and my offering and that's it. But in a country like Nigeria, it just doesn't make sense because it, the, the, the church has its own bills, which is not necessarily, you know. So anyways, yeah, it has its own focus. Um, I personally, my view is that I think the church should be more involved in humanitarian activities than it currently is. It has left that space for government and civil society, which is, I think, a missed opportunity. But that's my view. It's not that the church isn't doing um, social responsibility. I just think it's not as much as it should be. I think um, there are some churches that have been really consistent, the Catholic Church. And to a large extent, you know, mainstream faith charismatic churches have been as well. I think more in education, a little bit in health. But that humanitarian, you know, like people who are desperate, vulnerable, um, food and nutrition, water and sanitation, that space has been left for government. There have been some interventions in some churches intermittently for a while, but it's not a consistent, you know, thing. And I'm saying this, this is general. I do recognize that some people do that. Anyway, so I just said, let me, um, that's a very long preamble, but I'm just setting the scene for, you know, this is by reflect the factors that I've been having, the backstory for what I've been trying to do. So I've been trying to come up, I just said, let me look at what is a biblical perspective scriptural on what good works is and because everywhere when when even when you look at the judgment of christ there are two things that we see from the bible that god is going to be looking at on the last day he's going to be looking at whether we believe he's going to be looking for faith then he's going to be looking at works in other words it's not just to say i'm a christian but how have i been living my life and i i think that second that part b is very very missed in what we preach and how we model Christianity. It's almost like we believe that just so long as you say that you're a Christian, you believe that you're a Christian, that's fine. And we sort of think that that faith is more than enough to get us across the finish line. I don't think so. The Bible doesn't suggest that. The Bible suggests that your faith is the entry point, is what gives you the credentials. But that in terms of getting you across the line and securing your future in terms of eternal life, it's the combination of the faith and the works. So the works of faith. So it's how I live my life, what I say and what I do. And, you know, because I cannot be saying I'm a Christian and I'm doing a lot of evil things and I continue to think that because I profess to be a Christian and I believe in Jesus, then that will get me across the finish line and then God will say, well done, that good and faithful servant. That's not what the scripture preaches. In fact, it's, it, on that last day, it's the judgment of the works more than anything. 
I mean, because the faith is a given. If you if you don't believe, then I mean, you already know what your faith is going to be. But anyway, let's just read what the Bible has to say. And I'm going to stop this when it's about. Uh, I won't let it be up to twenty minutes. And then if I see that we haven't stopped, I will stop it wherever I'm at, and then we'll continue in the next episode. Because I think this is this is something I want to know a lot more about, and this is a direction that I sense the Lord moving me towards for 2023 so maybe it makes sense for me to muse on this at the end of the year so that we can sort of set the tone for what next year is going to be like so searching through and i'm using this to the tecata bible t-e-c-a-r-t-a it's a very good app you can download it on your smartphone or your device and you can use it to search any word that you're looking for in any part of the bible and it just pulls out all the places where that word shows up so you can just see what the bible says and develop a good theology on that topic or that subject or that theme it's a very useful way to go through the bible without going through the bible if you know what i mean so i want to look at works even though i have started, started off talking about work i want to talk about works which is works as in your doings there's no other way i can talk about it is what you do so when the bible talks about good works is is qualifying the works what you're doing what your actions your deeds your lifestyle is like so um, i think i will start from there are many here so just to give an example of what he's talking about works he says um so in romans 13 to it says the night is far spent the days ahead let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light so the works again is talking about works of darkness is things that we do that are not good you know um second corinthians eleven fifteen says therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works again saying that people are going to be judged according to their works and i want to make a distinction between you know because sometimes when we talk about works people think that you know we're we're not justified i mean our salvation comes by faith you know salvation of the spirit comes by faith and not by works so in other words there's nothing that you and i can do can make ourselves righteous before god so we need the blood of jesus christ to save us but i do believe that once we receive the spirit of christ the salvation of our souls and the you know that whole eternal the the, the access that we then have to become part of his kingdom in heaven after we leave this body is also a combination of that faith the fruits of that faith which then become our works so it's no longer works of me myself shall I? it's now the works of christ in me so it's not really like my natural works can you know lead me to heaven but it's rather what have i used my faith to produce so let's look at that a little bit here um so galatians 5 talks about the works of the flesh it says that they are adultery fornication uncleanness greediness you know so many that list is very extensive um idolatry witchcraft hatred variance emulation strife sedition heresy envies um envies murders drunkenness revelings and all of that and he says that you know he has said this before that people who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of god and it says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. So this again, even though he uses the word fruit, he's also talking about works. He had first talked about the works of the flesh. So the works of the flesh are the fruits of the flesh, the product of walking in the flesh according to the natural course of things. And the works of the spirit 
are love and all of that so keeping that in mind let's keep that as the definition of works works are the fruits of our what we believe and what we think and our mindset you know so if my mindset is not transformed then i will do things that are not transformed unfruitful not of god so um timothy talks a lot about good works and um, the, the the gospel of paul to timothy um, he talks about good works talks about the man of god being perfect thoroughly furnished unto good works and um you know in in first timothy 5 verse 10 he talks about that he says let let a widow he talks about the characteristics of a, of a real widow he says she should have been wife of one man number that three scores years old um actually we're talking about the the widows that they should that the church should care of he says she should be somebody that is well reported of for good works if she has brought up children she has lodged strangers she has washed the son's feet if she has relieved the afflicted if she has diligently followed every good work so even though this is um characteristics of a of, of a widow it's also a definition of what good works is it's talking here about hospitality people who have shown kindness to other people's children people who have been hospitable to strangers people who have served they washed the saints feet in other words served you know the ministers of the gospel who have relieved the afflicted and have diligently followed every good work so you know these are people who are known for extending a hand of kindness and hospitality to people who are in need people who are vulnerable and these people themselves are vulnerable but even in their vulnerability they have extended love and kindness to others and it's not not, nothing that talks about i mean for me even reading that i'm really looking at it i'm like wow so a widow who is supposed to be vulnerable is also considered has a role in society and as a christian and you know god is even expecting that that widow even though the church is supposed to take care of her the widow herself is expected to be a mother in israel if you know what i mean and he was talking about the senior the elder widows who have over time you know shown to be people who are even in their vulnerability have been a source of help to others and that relief to the afflicted doesn't even have to be material it may be counsel it may be love it may be fellowship you know it could be anything but it's just that these are people who, and we all you know i think many of us know these kind of people you know we call them mother in israel in nigeria because they're people who people just come to when they have problems you know it may, they, may not, they may not be able to solve it physically but they just help to make things better sometimes it's just a bowl of soup or something that they, the little that they have they give of it you know and um that's that so um i'm trying to see some of the scriptures now that talk about i don't want to read the james one because i think that one's a bit obvious so um hebrews 10 24 says let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works then it now talks about not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another so much as we um as we see the day approaching so his first says consider one another let's provoke one another unto love and unto good works so these good works are sort of like a labor of love and he just tells us you know the bible keeps on telling us that we should do that now let me i think i need to read the book of james because i now see that um yeah so titus three fourteen says and let's uh, let uh, let us also learn to maintain good works for necessary uses that they be not unfruitful i'm trying to find somewhere where it defines that those works 
year of righteousness. So I think Titus has a good. So let's let's look at Titus. It says, "Aha!" So Titus one sixteen. This is where I should have gone, which is why I should have checked these things out before I started recording. So it says. Um, from verse 15 unto the pure all things are pure unto them that are un- that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure but even their mind and conscience is defiled they profess that they know god but in their works they actually deny him being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate you see that you see that so and i think this goes to the heart of what i'm trying to say because that practice of the faith is where I see that we have such a massive gap as Christians in this modern world. And that's why people, Christianity has just been something that you say is just a religion that you wear on your a label that you put on yourself. Like you self-identify like me. And I, I, I could say like, now I'm a Yoruba girl. I self-identify as a Yoruba girl. But I don't really speak the language that well. I don't understand the culture. So as, as well as some people do, I don't understand the parables. But for the purpose of self-identification, and because of, yes, I call myself a Yoruba girl. But in actual fact... I am not really Yoruba in the way I be- behave. Do you understand what I... Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. That is a perfect analogy. Perfect. But if you ask me, I'll proudly tell you I'm a Yoruba girl. But I myself know that I am culturally... I am not as Yoruba as the real Yoruba people are. That's exactly how Christianity is. You can profess to be a Christian. You can live, and, and by the way, I have, if you see my, my wardrobe, I have Yoruba clothing, I have a Yoruba name, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I, I, I self, I'm very proud to be a Yoruba person, but I myself know. And then I, another thing, I cherry pick the culture, the certain parts of the culture that I completely detest and I separate myself from. You know what I'm saying? I, I only embrace the parts of the culture that I, I, that, I, that I, you know, I consider to be conducive to my life. So, that's exactly how I have treated Christianity, now that I think about it. So I profess to be a Christian, but I cherry pick the things that I want to, you know, I self-identify as a Christian, I label myself as a Christian, you know, but I am not fully practicing the works of Christianity. I'm not practicing my faith in the way that the Bible says. And this is what um, Titus 1 says. It says they profess that they know God. I wonder who he's really talking about here. You know, I think he's talking about some people. Say one of themselves, even a prophet of their own. Yeah, it's it's talking about, you know, I think he's talking about some types of people that have come across them, believers, you know, within the body of, of believers. And he says, you know, they profess to know God, but in works they deny him. Being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. And um, Titus three verse um, two verse seven says, "In all things, we are to show ourselves." He was talking to young men here. Say, so young men, likewise. Um, okay, let me, if I start from verse one, he was saying he was giving advice. So this was Paul giving advice to Titus. I think these were the pastoral um, teachings when he was talking to pastors and trying to tell them how to run the church so he was saying this is advice to the aged men they should be sober they should wave to the women also they should you know be teachers of good things they should teach the young women to be sober to love their husbands to love their children to be discreet chaste keepers at home obedient the young men also should be sober he now says in verse 7 in all things show yourself a pattern of good works in doctrine showing uncorruptness gravity and sincerity 
sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. You know, it goes on in so many things, but he's saying, you know, he's talking here about a pattern of good works. A pattern. A pattern of good works. That pattern is what I am trying to weave in my life. It's missing. It's missing. And I think I'm going to I'm going to stop it here because I see now that I need to really look into the scriptures and see, you know, what... And I, I want to develop a theology of what does it mean to be a good Christian. The faith part, I have understood that pretty well. But this practice of the faith, the practical application, because what I see, and I remember somebody, I read something, the person said it so well, said that we have adopted a certain kind of Christianity that teaches you to be a good person without being good to others, intentionally good to others. And I, when I read it, I was like, oh my goodness, this is so true. Because that is me. And that, I think that is what I see around us. So you can't fault me. If you look at my life, honestly, you'll be very hard-pressed to find something wrong that I have done. But I know when I mirror myself against the standard of the Bible that Jesus taught I know that I'm way off and it's in that good to others. It doesn't mean I'm evil to others, but it means I don't go out of my way to do good things for people, even though I have the capability to. And I'm not talking about good people that I know. I mean the people who cannot help me. I have started doing that now, but it is a new thing. And it's still, I'm learning like like a primary school student how to do it. Because all I used to do before was support programs in church and I felt that that was enough. But what I'm reading in the Bible, everything that God is saying here, in fact, the context of all these good works is about how people are in their community. It's not talking about the, what they are doing in the church. The, what, what they do in the church is part of it. But what I read here is more about the community. What, how they are in the community. Anyway, I'm going to leave it at that and believe that the Lord... Because I ha- we, we can't end it here. I still there's a lot I still need to wrap my head around. What does it mean to have a pattern of good works? A pattern. A pattern means in every aspect of your life, really, because a pattern is consistency. So it's not just being good in church and then being, you know, nobody knows you in your community. You know, being known for some one thing in one context and being known for something else, minding your business and not even caring where you live, which is what people like me do. Just going your own way, like I don't want trouble, just leave me, you know. That's not Christianity. That is not Christianity at all. At all. I'll leave it at that. So thank you very much for listening. God bless you. I will continue this tomorrow. So please stay tuned if this is something you want to follow up on. Set up your notification button and to download every time I upload a new episode and you'll get to see it. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.